What's up, podcast listeners? This is Dr. Bailey. It is 2020. We've made it into the new year, the new decade. There's been a crazy series of events that uh, had just occurred this weekend. And like all podcasts, timing is everything. So I hope you enjoy. This is a conversation with Ken and I over lunch and going into some pretty deep stuff. So I hope you dig it. And I hope you have a great year this year. We're going to put a lot of new thoughts and ideas out there to you guys as listeners. So stay tuned. Hope you enjoy it. Here we go. pivot point in my life and I use that word very exactly because I feel like like in, in in basketball like if you pivot on your foot you would be completely going in a different direction you're not moving you're just you're just literally turning you're not going and steering like in life you sometimes will go in a direction and that would be like a decade you can look back and be like man all these things happened but when you start to look at those things in in the in the past you see pivot points and it's those are points about that are face and they happen for specific reasons yeah. unknown in the moment. However, big picture. So for me this weekend, going away to the cabin and having that experience was a chance to shut off my mind. And, and I don't do that. And everything that happened this weekend while I was up at the cabin happened for a reason. And it was all life strategy. The strategy of life in the big picture of where I'm going. And, you know, we talked about this the other day about first letting go. And to me, I let go this weekend more of my past and not in a sense of like specific events or specific people, but more of the way I thought and I viewed, and I viewed life. Yes. I, I now see, this is really cool. I was thinking about this and I want to talk about this. So this is definitely something that's going to be in the recording. Um, in this podcast, I was thinking about how depression is on such a rise. Mm-hmm. And I feel like people who are depressed are just stuck in the past. Mm-hmm. And, and then and that was, that was it. That was their, 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 their grand moment in life. Um, the, the cheerleader, you know, the, the captain of the cheerleading, like that was, if that was your one thing in life that you did well yeah. and the rest of your life sucks, you What's are the definition of who you were. So the fabricated life is what I was thinking this weekend. It's that I have to assume a title. I have to be a person. I have to be a spouse. I have to be a, a, a office manager. I have to be a, a sister or a, a, a daughter. Or, you know what I mean? Like we have these defined roles that society yes. tells us we have to do in order to be successful mm-hmm. or to be happy or to be complete or whole. And, but they're all, like you said, fabricated often because it makes their lives easier and they have more control and more power. Exactly. They want to control and based on this weekend's events, obviously there was a, a catalyst and the catalyst for me was, was the book, 
the surrender experiment. And this catalyst plus the series of events that led me to it, it allowed me to immerse myself. And that immersion of the weekend for me was the ability to just have no outside influence on my life at that moment. Yeah. There was there was nothing that there was nothing that could have interrupted it. My phone was on silent. I told people it was off the grid. I was saying, hey, I'm just checking out. If I if I talk to you, then obviously I want to talk to you. Right. So the immersion though, plus the catalyst of, of, of this book, and then the idea that you're looking at a new year, a new decade. Mm-hmm. There's so much of that transformation in in just in just a calendar, you know, and we had like you were saying a, a little while ago, like the the lunar like eclipse, right? Is that what was going on last? Yeah, so between Christmas Christmas Day was a new moon and a solar eclipse. Um with the south node. So the the solar eclipse is with the south node. And so I'll explain what that means in a second. And between then Christmas Day and January 10th, which is a full moon and a lunar eclipse, that whole time period is a huge time period of transformation, which actually also tends to be or happens to be the new year and the new decade starting. But when you have a, the, the solar eclipse that occurred on Christmas Day with the south node, the south node represents um, sort of those deep patterns of habit and history and what our belief systems are and what our sort of upbringing is and all of these things that are so difficult to sort of step out of or excavate because they're so deeply rooted. But all of that is coming to light with a solar eclipse, like the sun is blocked from us by that south node. So it's by those things that really are no longer serving us. And so then this time period between Christmas and that 10th of January is a time to really pull and and tease all of that out and then let it go. At the full moon is a really good time to release everything. So like all that stuff is starting to automatically just naturally come up for you. You're just present enough, aware enough and silent enough to see it and notice it as opposed to most people who are just so busy in their everyday lives that they haven't stopped to take that pause to say, wow, look at this. Look yeah. at all this stuff coming up right now. You know, we get we get stuck in the the habits in in the rituals. Um, in, in rituals, in a sense, I go to work Monday through Friday. Yeah. Um, on the weekends, we go to church on Sat on Sundays. You know, or we have you know these these set events that are on a repeat, a constant repeat. Yeah. Because we feel that's the way the game has to be played, and then you realize. Your, your life is is really not in your control as much as you think. It's it's almost a divine design, like we talked about. Yeah. It, it's already set in motion, and, and I feel like when so much of our day-to-day life becomes those types of rituals, we lose sight of why we're really here. Well, yeah, I think that we move into that monotony of life and that ritual and habit of life because it gives us some sense of comfort and peace because we know what to expect. There's a known that makes it easier to step into the day with it's when you step out of that comfort zone and you step into the surrender and into the unknown mystery of what could or couldn't happen it's scary 
because you don't know at first and you're used to all of this control that you feel you artificially think you have over your life right. but that that day-to-day -day schedule that you have yeah it might make your day feel a little bit more at ease and down regulate your nervous system a little bit but it doesn't keep you from getting a diagnosis doesn't keep someone that you love from leaving a relationship or dying it doesn't keep you from you know having a identity theft or having something stolen from you these are these are fake artificial controls over our life yeah, that absolutely. keep us quiet and silent and mundane and, and i think back to the depression is when you look ahead and you see 40 more years of doing that same damn yeah. job you hate Misery. i'd be depressed too yeah so my dad worked at general motors for 39 years he was not happy i could tell and yeah. and and i he's happy now he retired and I've seen him laugh more now than ever mm -hmm. in my whole life. He was in that constant role as dad, the breadwinner, the the son that might not have been good enough. I don't know because his younger brother went, had a master's degree and he didn't. I don't know if there was something there. But I look at back to this weekend, getting into a situation where I realized a lot of things had to happen for me to get to that cabin. And this is where stuff's going to get really cool. So I'm going to open up in these podcasts a little bit more um, because people are really digging it. So I didn't know why at 16, I dislocated my shoulder. It in the moment ruined my life as an athlete. Your doctor tells you you're never going to be the same. And then I said, well, there goes any type of physical type of job. Yeah. I have to avoid all that. So then after those series of events of going from doctor to doctor, and I've talked, this is something that, you know, we were talking about, but at 41 years old now, opening a new office location, getting ready to build out a wellness center, that all happened because of that shoulder. Right. That was a pivot point. Yes. And then I had to move to Georgia because there's no chiropractic school in Michigan. So I was 19. Yeah, I was 19 years old. It was 1997. I didn't know a single person. My friends and I packed up my gear in my pickup truck and two of us convoyed down to Atlanta in the middle of the holidays, left snowy Detroit and got to Atlanta. It was beautiful. And uh, I've been here 22 years now in the state of Georgia, which is pretty crazy because like meeting people in Blue Ridge this weekend, they're like, oh, so where are you from? I'm like, well, technically I'm from like born and raised in Detroit, but I've lived here for 22 years. Yeah, so longer I'm, I'm, I'm kind of like a, you know, a transplant, if you will. Yeah. But those pivot points were, were, were fearful. Um, shoulder dislocation was probably, you know, just, just being really conscious of is this going to be a problem the rest of my life? Yeah. You know, because it, it, it hurts so bad and it was so frequent. Um, but going to school and grad school, it was like fear of the unknown. And, and, and it was exciting because I was leaving behind a past. Um, ge geographically, I was leaving the north. I was yeah. leaving the snow and the, the, the misery of the, 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 the sad sad oh my god talk about depression the, the winter time for me was was the worst um but that pivot point was something that was more exciting but it was still really fearful and then i know now at 41 why everything happened for the last 22 years yeah and everything is a puzzle piece 
yes. that as you stare at the box dumped on the floor, you wouldn't see the picture. But as you start to yeah. put the pieces in their place, you now start to see the big picture. Yeah. Say it's, I don't know, something cool like a like a like a nature scene or something like that. You're like, oh, there's a lot of blue. That's kind of weird. You know, what's what's it gonna be? But I think where we're going with this is I think a lot of people when they focus on things that are out of their control and put and try and put their own human hands and control on it, you're you're f-ed. you are because I planned so much in my past and this is crazy. I've paid coaches I don't even know how much money. It's stupid. I won't even say it out loud because I'm I mean I've paid so many coaches and and they said you need to plan more and you need to um set more goals and you need to and it was you need to and it was like okay so i'm in control of that so if if i fail it's because i failed and if you're listening you're probably like yeah that's right if you failed you failed but what i'm saying is i was trying to swim upstream and i was literally supposed to just drop the oars in the boat and just go where the river took me yes so i think the thing that happens is we get into this idea that we are what what our minds what our ego tells us we Mm -hmm. are exactly which is this individual separate human being who if it's going to happen has to make it happen and if i don't do it no one else will and the reality is in my experience and in my belief is that that ego is actually what's not real. That we're actually souls living in a human physical existence, having an experience. Every religion talks about it. Every religion does talk about it. And that's the cool thing is I believe there's not a wrong religion because it's always pointing in a a direction to a tier, um, a a point where there's going to be a oneness that's in, in control of it. You know, in in the book, they talked about how all the different sciences are just all right and all religions are all right because they're all just showing you a different language of the divinity, which is the the biggest takeaway. And and this was huge for me. I I think I even uh, might have talked to you about this. Um, I feel like I figured out what life is about. What is that? It's about being in the moment and actually living. Yes. And in, in, in the present is just that. It's a present. That's why we have termed it that way. You know, words are funny when you sit and look at why things are named the way they are. But not only did I realize that, but I was present in the cabin and I was actually not focused on anything in the world the office was moved uh, you know the year is wrapped up everything's taken care of it was just shutting off my my little voice box in my head that doesn't ever shut up yeah that's that mind that ego that thinks that it's you but it's not you you are the witness to that you were the one that can see that talking and mm-hmm. saying why the hell are you always Always talking. Always talking. There's always something to do. There's Why always something to think about. Why can't you just quiet and let me just be and exist? And and that's the thing. This is the thing. A couple things that I want to say about what you said is that I think that our senses are what bring us into the present moment. And yes. it's also what it means to be human. Right. It's humans that can taste and touch and feel 
and smell and see and have these tactile experiences of everything. That brings you, if you focus on your senses, you're in the present moment. You're not thinking about the past. You're not thinking about the future. You're feeling into what you're experiencing. Exactly. And I also think that you talked about like this whole, we have to do it. And, and you, all these coaches that tell you what you're responsible for. That's the masculine patriarchal forcing your way through. Everything is a fight. Everything is, is a battle. Everything takes effort. And it's because you're working against the natural flow of things. You're trying to make things happen that actually aren't likely for your good. Yes. And so you're you're meeting this this pushback right. when you step into just being and existing and slowing down and being present and allowing and not having a preference over how it's done, but just allow it. But you know, it, this is happening to me and I yeah. really can't change it. So right. I'm going to just allow it and and experience it. Then this natural flow of knowledge comes in you learn you um you start to kind of see the way that everything just unfolds and that you really don't have that control um i just i think it's a much more feminine way of being of just being receptive and open and and following what naturally is happening as opposed to trying to effort everything well, to, today this day and age i feel like a lot of people are so, so family values and, and, you know, those kind of patriarchal yeah. titles, you know, to leave, to leave Michigan and come here, um, it was really, I, I think an, an initial a disappointment for my parents that I was leaving Michigan. I wasn't being a good son. Um, I didn't go to General Motors, you know, for third, fourth generation, mm. which literally I could have walked in the door and made out of school, $100,000 a year these kids are making. It's ridiculous. They're buying boats at like 19, 20. So when I left, getting back to those pivot points, I was fearful of failure because that's what my parents expected. But you were fearful of failing your Them. parents' right. expectation right. Right. of what exactly. your life was to be. Well, you were not actually fear, a fearful of failure. You didn't even know what there was to fail. Right, exactly. You didn't know what your purpose was yet. You knew, I mean, you, you were starting on that journey. You knew it was about health and healing. That there was some, I believe that we come into this existence with a, a pure purpose for our specific souls to express in this world to make this a better, more conscious, loving place. And I think a lot of people never find that. But I think that when you find it, that's when you're in the flow. That once you open to that, things just start happening around you that you're that look like luck, but turns out to be serendipity. It turns out to be just that you're just in the flow of what your actual purpose is. You're, and usually that's in service to, to humanity. So it's not for selfish reasons or for you know, building wealth or fame or whatever. And sometimes that comes with it, but you were afraid of failing your parents' expectation of who you should be to be a good human and a good son, not failure itself. You know, their, their title and characteristic for me was going to be the job that they imposed that I do. Yeah. You know, the education was more up to me, but you know, the military was a, as a consideration and that kind of, 
that I think that kind of scared them in the sense of losing their son, like physically. Yeah. So, I mean, I have a lot of respect for people in the military. I would, I would say I was too selfish at that time. But where I'm at today, I literally had this conversation on Friday. So I talked to my parents. I called them. I haven't talked to them since New Year's. They were up in uh, Canada. They had to go get my, my grandmother. She's back and forth between Canada and the U.S. right now. So the love and the positivity and the support today, Friday, I should say, but the present. Yeah. Um, there's nothing that could make them more proud of me right now. And yet in that moment at 19, are you sure you, are you sure you're going to mm -hmm. move to Atlanta and go to an apartment you've never been to? And you're going to go to a school 800 miles away with no family support, not a friend, not a single person. I said, yep. And the pivot point for that perspective was setting in motion the, the wellness center that we're going to open shortly. And the idea of like, I was telling people up in Blue Ridge, like, so what do you do? I'm like, oh, I'm a chiropractor, open a wellness center. Like, thank goodness. And how far away is that? And I was like, oh, about like two, two hours. Like worth the drive. And I was like, are you kidding me? But there's nothing, there's nothing like it. And, and the number one response was a thank you to the community, to their family, to their friends. So one of the shop owners, I walked into this, I've tried to get into all the little local shops and get some local stuff. It's really cool to go to Blue Ridge and you see all the local art, you know, and just, it doesn't matter if it's glass or if it's pictures or whatever, there's always cool like little design stuff. Um, so I'm talking to this lady and all of a sudden she's like, Noonan, like one of my best friends is from Noonan. Here's her name, I'm like, Oh yeah, I know her. They're like, really? I'm like, yeah, she's been a patient in my office. Crazy. I'm going to reverse engineer this whole conversation for everybody listening so y'all can catch up. Um, we're having lunch uh, from Falafel Cafe in Marietta. Um, so when you hear like noises and stuff like that, <laughs> um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to reverse this because I just got back from the mountains. Uh, I was in Blue Ridge since Thursday evening. So where this conversation is going is one entertainment because in 2020, um, having more fun. And I think, as you said, joy in the year is, is important. Um, so my, my office moved, literally hung the last picture at noon um, on Thursday and got in my car, packed it up headed to Blue Ridge, it took me four hours to get there because of the rain. So in my mind, I'm thinking, did I make, did I make a mistake? Should I turn around? And I almost did. Had I turned around, I would not have had the weekend I did. No. So I listened to the voice of, you deserve a weekend to yourself. You haven't taken a vacation in years. My office manager literally threatened me. If I didn't go, she was going to hurt me. So thank you, Amy. <laughs> um, so I booked on Airbnb, one of the most, it, it was called the sanctuary for a reason. It was a cabin up in uh, Blue Ridge, uh, overlooked a mountain, one of the mountains. And so when I get there, I'm dreading the rain, but it turns out it has a tin roof. And the upstairs is where the master suite is. So that's where I'm sleeping because it's the, the king size bed. It was amazing. Um, I was sleeping under the rain. And it was so relaxing. 
So not only did I get to enjoy some quiet time and hang out in this really cool cabin on Thursday, um, I got an amazing night's sleep. I've not slept like that in years. So then Friday I wake up and we were talking about, you know, did you bring any books with you? And I said, yeah, I brought the Surrender Experiment. By Michael Singer. And I bought this book in March of last year. So I happened to grab a stack of books and it was the top book that I grabbed and I grabbed the journal. And my goal was to set goals and aspirations and affirmations for the year. Um, but basically I spent the weekend reading this book and one day I read 252 pages, cover to cover. I've never done that before. Um, at which point I realized this book has, has taught me life lessons that I wanted to bring to my listeners because Advance Your Health as a podcast isn't just about say no to drugs and do chiropractic. No, this is about every aspect of living. And I think you would agree that you have to have a healthy mind, spirit, all of that to be truly on top of your game. Because I've met so many people who are miserable with who they are in their role in life as the spouse, as the boss, as the whatever you hat you put on that moment, um, yeah. you forget to live. And in this weekend, to get out and actually get out of work, get out of home, get out of everything and just go in a sense of some solitude, it was really a retreat. I mean, like taking a weekend and just getting out of your life and making sure that you have no phone calls that you're missing or anything. Cause I mean, there's like most of the weekend I didn't have cell service. Yeah. So if you text me over the weekend or try to call me, sorry, but I'm probably didn't get it. Um, thanks Verizon. That was the number one phone carry that does not work in Blue Ridge. Cause everyone asked, first question they asked like, do you have Verizon? I'm like, yep. And they're like, Oh, you won't get any signal here. I'm like, shit. But you didn't need signal. That's the whole Thank point. You. So I, I unplugged. You needed to not be accessible. I watched no TV, um, which, so <laughs> if you look at a modern LED TV, it's got millions and millions of megapixels. It's overstimulating our brains. I didn't look at tablets. I didn't look at my cell phone, except to maybe exchange a text or two here and there. Um, but all I looked at, and I started to think about this, wood, they had barn wood, they had tin, a lot, of, it was cool, it had like a lot of rusted tin, but it was like, you could tell it was like re rehab, um, all of, there was rock, there was, uh, fire in the fireplace, there was natural, all natural, things, natural, um, all things of the earth. What did I have in my car left over from the move? That snow candle that we had in the office for the party, and I lit that, and I was like, smell, the sound of fire crackling, um, the candle crackling, the idea of just peace of mind that I didn't have to be anywhere. I didn't have to worry about anything. So I started to get still. And when I got still in my body, which I never sit still for those who know me are listening. Um, I think this is the first time in years I can actually say I didn't want to do anything. I wanted to sit in that chair and just melt. So I went 252 pages cover to cover um, took a break in the middle of it because I need some lunch. I was getting a little little dizzy staring at pages. I, I hadn't read a book in a while. Um, <laughs> Much less in a day? No, but I mean, just, and it's probably because I'm 42 and that's, or 41, that's when you start to get that. Like, I, I was almost like dreading not bringing readers. And I was like, I don't want to be that guy, but they still want to read the book, right? So my eyes were fatigued and I turned on a random playlist because I brought music with me in a stereo, one of those little portable speakers waterproof so I could go in the hot tub with me. It was pretty sweet. Um, yeah. So I basically 
took the weekend to chill and relax and had the um, the raw necessity of life. You know, I mean, I, it wasn't overstimulated. Um, I woke up Friday morning. Uh, it was raining, but like a, like a light drizzle. Mm-hmm. Um, uncovered the hot tub and I had a cup of amazing, I had the Costa Rican coffee left over from Whole Foods. Had some Costa Rican coffee that was perfectly like the, I made it myself. So I'm in the rain, in the hot tub, and I'm looking, the view was accurate. It was just mountains. And I was like, this is ridiculous. Mm. And so what I want to do more of this year in 2020 is, and it sounds really crazy, um, but more grounding, getting back into nature, I think on a weekly basis is, is really important for your, for your mental health. Because what I experienced this weekend, you couldn't, I could not have got in a prescription. I couldn't have got it um, at home. I had to go somewhere and I had to remove myself from stress. And I feel like my anxiety driving back was zero. Wow, that's big. So for me, I realized that that. I carry stress. So I made kind of a, a, a pact with myself that this year I would do this on a regular basis. Um, whether it's the sanctuary or a different place, I need to go and get away. And I feel like the mountains are a really good escape. So pivot point, 19 years old, I leave depressing Michigan, which has very flat, nothing beautiful about it, unless you're on the lake, which that's only a few months in the year because you're, unless you're, you know, ice fishing, which that's not so pretty. But then I moved to Georgia where I feel like I'm drawn yeah. to the mountains. Um, my friends and I in, high, in, in college, we hiked the Appalachian Trail and that was healing and cleansing. I took a week off. We backpacked through the Appalachian Trail and when I came back, I had a very whew, chill, relaxed vibe. I mean, and I've lost that. Nature in general is restorative to us physically because the earth gives off antioxidants of course so as we're building up free radicals through our everyday existence through our normal biochemical reactions in the body we used to sleep on the ground we used to walk around barefoot on the ground we used to dig around and and create our you know pick our food out of the ground we don't do that anymore and so the earth gives off those antioxidants to dissipate the free radicals so that's the first thing it like draws you in and to me, the second the, and more importantly, nature is where we really recognize how small we really are, how connected we really are, and the beauty of what's so much grander and bigger than us, what holds us. Like, we think we're so great and amazing as these human beings. And then you go to the Grand Canyon. And you go somewhere where you're like, I'm small. leaning against a tree that I could push with all of my might against and it's not going to budge a millimeter and that one single tree that can hold me up with all of my possible physical force is only one of billions of trees Mm -hmm. on this earth that is holding all of them and all of these mountains and everything that is so massive and grand and like we're supported in a way that is undeniable Every breath that it requires for us to live our existence, we do nothing for it. It is here. It doesn't matter who you are. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter what you look like. It doesn't matter what you have or haven't done. It doesn't matter if you're perfect or you're, you're 
a criminal. You, it is, it is pure love. Here is what you need to exist. Everything we actually need to exist is a gift that's given to us. And I think being in nature allows us to open to that and our souls to feel like they can breathe in a way. That's why I think people are drawn to that. Same thing even with the ocean, but anything that you're looking at being in nature, yeah. it's it's restorative well, and it's calming to the nervous system because you're you're out of your mind and your ego and you're living more from your soul and your true essence. Yeah. And funny you talked about uh, barefoot because in the shower, there was pebble floors mm. and that's, yeah, mm-hmm. that's a must in, in my, in my next uh, life experience because um, like just standing there, you know, eyes closed and just shutting the world out and you've got like, like a rainwater kind of shower head. And then there's just that pebble. You're yeah. like in the moment you're kind of in nature. Like you laugh. So that, that shower, you know, after the hot tub, um, get into the book and then I'm literally eating lunch and having this like life quandary of where I was going, where I thought I was going. I thought I was in control this last 10 years of what I did. Um, and then, you know, we talked about letting go of the past. And then the first song on the playlist is don't look back by Peter Tosh. And it literally just shook me. It shook me to the core. Um, and I think Friday, that was the point where I had to finish the book. Like there, there was something at the end and there is a payoff. I'm not going to say it. Um, cause you can read the book. It's really amazing. I read it in seven hours, six hours, I think seven. Yeah. Started <laughs> at nine. I finished at like five, not even, it was like four thirty-five. But the rest of the weekend, where I'm going with this is I'm gonna I'm gonna get a little uh, a little deep and a little out there. This is gonna be a different podcast uh, than what you're used to. But being transparent, I had a series of events the very next day after reading this book. So, well, so before you go into your series of events, like I feel like maybe it makes sense to give a little like synopsis of what the book is sort of about so people have like a concept okay. of what sure. you're talking about because otherwise it sounds oh i don't know why so this is cool i want you to describe it because that way um you can give away just enough but yeah it's been a long time since i've read oh, it okay so yeah so, so i can probably give a, a, a yeah a very you'd be more vague than i would yeah so i'm gonna give away specific yeah. plots and details <laughs> So the Surrender Experiment by Michael Singer is the second, I believe it's the second book that it he is. wrote. Yeah. The um, first book that he wrote um, is The Untethered Soul. Yeah, which I tried to look for this weekend. Oh, which is a great book. I literally was going to read it Saturday. Yeah. So I, I I came across, I believe I first heard about him through Oprah Winfrey because she interviewed him and The Untethered Soul was, you know, a book that she had talked about. And it's a beautiful book that describes how, like I talked about before, recognizing the witness mm-hmm. of our mind mm-hmm. is who we really are. So yeah. it's recognizing the separation between our soul and our mind and our thoughts. Correct. That we are not our thoughts and our brain. And so that book was highly successful. But then he wrote this book called The Surrender Experiment, which is an autobiography. And you would normally think, uh, yeah, I don't really care to read an autobiography about someone's life. Like, great. How egotistical is that, really? 
but <laughs> this is not an egotistical autobiography at all whatsoever. It, it's the most humble story I've ever Absolutely. read. Absolutely. And so Michael Singer, he he basically the book goes through. He's in his what seventies, I think now. Correct. Yeah. So he goes through his whole life, and and in his early twenties, he has a bit of a spiritual awakening experience that he talks about in the book, and it just starts to show the way that his life is just unfolding once he surrenders to accepting that he's not in control and accepting that he is a, a soul that is here for a spiritual purpose and that life is an experience in that and that life will come to you if you don't have your own preference. I want it to be this way. I don't want it to be that way. I like this. I don't like that. No, let, let things come to you and say yes to the opportunities that enter your life and follow through and move forward and watch the way that the universe, the divine God, whatever you want to call it, just flows and navigates your life so that everything just unfolds in front of you. It doesn't mean everything's great and perfect and easy. He had, was potentially, or there was FBI investigations against him and well, all sorts of legal stuff. Always, so there's, there's not, it doesn't mean your life is going to be without trials and tribulations and difficulties. It's always going to be pain. Always. But pain is a huge place for us to learn and grow mm -hmm. and, and, a, and a precipice for that. But this book for me was, I believe, the most impactful book I've ever read. And I recall having it on my bookshelf and I was in the middle of a book that I was reading and I, I like to read. And so I always kind of have a list of the next few books that I plan to read. And I was halfway through a book. And I was sitting on my couch and I looked up on the bookshelf and I saw the surrender experiment. And I said, that's it. That's the, that's the next book I'm going to read. And the next morning I woke up and I said, forget that. I'm reading it now. I'm going to finish whatever book I was reading later. This is, it's time for me to read this book now. And I read it, same thing, within like a couple of days, over a weekend, fastest book I think I've ever read. And it changed my life. It allowed me to say yes to things that were presenting themselves to me that I normally would have said, no, that's not the right thing to do. That what are other people going to think about that? Instead of seeing these as this is a gift that's being given to me. This is how my life is unfolding. And I'm just going to walk through it and say yes. And so that's really what this book does. It shows you what it's like if you live that way and inspires you to, to do so. So this is something that's, um, it, it really kind of, to say I had goosebumps is an understatement. <laughs> right? I think there was actually like some some like tears. Tears, tears of that's of, a good book. Um, so his brother-in-law mm -hmm. is the main character inspiration by uh, Robin Sharma, a monk who sold his Ferrari, mm -hmm. which was written shortly after this book was published. Which I met Robin Sharma in person at a conference. And I read a monk uh, who sold his Ferrari and it changed me. At that point, it was a pivot point. Mm -hmm. It was to live cleaner, be healthier, get your shit together. And that was interesting because when I came across the description of his brother-in-law yeah. and immediately clicked, I was like, I've read this book. Amazing. That's, it's, it's the unhealthy attorney and they later meet and he meets him when he's been to go to the the see the monks in the book and he went to I think Tibet in the book it's a little bit more of his made-up story 
in his mind. I think Robin Sharma kind of took that character and just made him into this guy that the journey of how he got from point A to point B. Because mm. they talk about the brother-in-law and when he comes in contact with him later in life, you remember or maybe you don't recall, he's he's into the same stuff. Yeah. Yoga and meditation yeah. and being present and stuff. Um, and then he describes going to get his weekly uh, or his regular care from Dr. Chance, who's a chiropractor from Florida who I've actually met. How funny. And I'm, and I'm literally sitting down thinking in, in this moment, I'm reading a book that you told me about that I never would have found out about. And I'm in a mountain experience, cabin experience, and I'm literally reflecting on my life, wondering what's next? Mm-hmm. Because I look in, in 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 retrospect now, which I can at 41, you have 41 years of events to start connecting. Yeah. So this is where it's going next. Yeah. This is where just got, I would say weird, but goosebumps all day Saturday. I leave, it's raining. I go, felt like just drawn to this place for breakfast. There's nobody in there. I just strike up a conversation because I'm pretty outgoing with the owner of the restaurant. She's it made her day. She was like, fr- like frowning, miserable. Like you just tell she hated her job. She was stuck in one of those roles. Mm-hmm. So I'm pretty jovial. I'm, I'm joking with her. Turns out she has a brother that worked for General Motors. Literally from like a town over from where I lived. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so I'm sitting at breakfast. It's the worst omelet I've ever had, so I'll leave the name of the restaurant out because it was rubber eggs with American cheese on it, and it was supposed to be like a what? It was it was terrible. So okay, it's raining. I went, I left, and I'm I'm going somewhere with this. Um, as soon as my expectations weren't met, mm-hmm. I thought the day was gonna go wrong. Mm-hmm. The old me is that didn't go to plan and goes, we were supposed to do this at this time. We're supposed to go here. We're supposed to do that. You know what you're supposed to do? You're supposed to open your eyes and look around. Mm-hmm. And the person in front of you, you're supposed to talk to. Yep. Get off your phone, get out of what you think society wants and be, and be a human being. So what I did is I went around from business to business in downtown Blue Ridge and I made friends with everybody. And here's how it went down. So the next step, I go to a store called OAR and it's all local, handmade. It, it's 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 the man cave. So any guy listening, go up there. It's got the coolest leather stuff. Um, old clocks on the walls that look like these like um, uh, elevation um, meters and stuff. It's I bought so much crazy stuff there. There's a book called The Bacon Bible. First thing I looked in the window, I said, I'm going to go in there because Bob Bacon's going to get that book for a gift. And then I start talking to the lady and she's telling me all about this stuff, you know, that she's got in there. It's all local. Um, and so I left. And when I went to the next shop, which was like a local provisions, Reminded me of Laura's shop um, in, in Blue Ridge. I put down my bag and she says, oh, this guy's really cool. He's got a bacon Bible. So then the <laughs> owner comes out. She wants to start talking to me. Asked me what I, what, I, what kind of wine I drink. And I told her something a little, um, not sweet, but a little more on the dirty side. And she took me over to a bottle of wine that we're drinking now, um, which is very serendipitous because it, it's, what I didn't know I liked until I tried it, um, probably one of my new favorite wines, um, which is a Tempranillo. And so the serendipity of that was the owner had never met me and she took me to a bottle of wine that, would you agree it's delicious? It's delicious. Uh, yeah. I'd introduced you to Tempranillo. Yeah. 
but the reality is from there forward, the series of events that transpired were even more in depth where we're sitting there, we're talking and she's introducing me to all these great things that she sells and she's teaching about wine and, and going through geography and history. It's like, we, we know each other. You know what I mean? Like it was like almost like every person I met this weekend, I think I was vibrating at a different level Yeah. because everybody was, was, was magnetically drawn to me. Yeah. They, I'm they, sure you were. Nobody shied away from me. Mm -hmm. As soon as I engaged with anybody, it ended up being a 15 or 20 minute conversation for random. I go into a fly shop. I know uh, nothing about fly fishing, but it's cool. It's just cool to look at fishing stuff. So I'm like, I'm just, I surrendered. So I went into this rest, this place. So they're like, right. do you fly fish? I'm like, nah, but I've got a friend from high school who actually, um, started a fly company out of, out of, uh, Michigan. So I'll, I'll plug, uh, Lauheed on this. Uh, it's called Motown fly and turns out they've heard of them. Crazy. Really? I'm in Blue Ridge, Georgia. And these guys have heard of this small ass, fly handmade fly company out of out of from somebody I went to high school with okay crazy so never met these people but yet when I left they're like hey man have a good weekend you know, we're like instantly best friends mm -hmm. also plugged um the Orvis Lodges that uh, uh the Sandlin Zone and so that was something that was really crazy because um they wanted to go and they were like just really drawn to it so then I leave and I go and uh I got some sage for the office and um randomly just ran into people there that I mean just you could tell when you talk to somebody and and they start to smile and they and they're they're like energy changes that you kind of made their day Absolutely. whether it's a compliment or a laugh or I'm yeah. just a goofy person in general I mean when I go into places that's how I break this ice you know let's yeah. let's let's talk um so then we go I, I go wait I was by myself the whole weekend um, I went to uh, lunch in it. We is your soul and your ego. You brought your ego I did. along. I did. Um, <laughs> which, which I agree. Fr Friday when I read that book, it was definitely a, a moving, pivotal point in my life where I feel like I was able to almost have like an out of body experience where I was able to look at my life in its entirety, but and then put the pieces together where you're almost like a like a bird's eye view. Like if I was in a plane. Yeah flying over the state of Michigan, you can see it looks like a mitten, you know, or I'm like, that's not understand. Yeah. But you get on the ground and all you see is Detroit. Mm -hmm. And that's what people's perspective is in life. Yeah. Um, when there's chatter and when you go quiet, it's like getting in a plane and going overhead. You can look at your life and kind of see the direction it's heading. Um, because Monday could have sucked, but Tuesday you could have won the lottery. Thursday you could have got a promotion. The weekend you might've got proposed to. You, you you don't know, and, and I think part of where we're going with this conversation is just being open-minded enough to, if if you're sad, depressed, lonely, whatever, you know, and I'm not saying that's where, who we're targeting with this podcast, but um, I know it's come up a lot in, in my in my office, um, so I think I, I need to talk about it because I've I've heard uh, a lot of things in 2019 that I didn't like um, from from suicides, depressions, uh, addiction, and, and stuff like that. I I don't. I don't want to increase and elevate. So I'm giving tools um, through my own humility of just having an experience that I think could change anybody. Um, so on Saturday at lunch, I'm, I'm talking to this waitress who's 
it was like the the down season so everyone's exhausted yeah they just partied you know uh, into the holidays yeah blue ridge was blowing up every all the business people were like i'm ready to take some time off it's cold and rainy we're gonna shut the business for a couple weeks um so this bartender she was like you just tell she was not having a good day and so i was the last person over there um as i finished lunch and I, the adjoining restaurant was a steakhouse. So she's like, well, hey, we have we have a special, you know, um, list of different bourbons over there. You might want to check it out. I was like, cool, I'm going to head over there. So I'm sitting there and uh, now she's able to leave that side of the, the, the restaurant and close. And so now she's just making money over here. Mm-hmm. So I left. She was allowed to leave that side and she was happy. I can she started smiling. So I was like, oh, that's kind of cool, crazy. Um, but then I was joking with the bartender and I said, yeah, the, my friends, um, we, we, uh, we always wonder if anyone can even get Blanton's, uh, you know, in stock. And he's like, I've got a bottle right there. And, and so um, I'm sitting in Blue Ridge, Georgia, and I'm drinking a, a glass of bourbon that my friends in Detroit and I would drink. And it was just ironic. I've never been to a bar or restaurant that's carried it. Crazy. Ever. Except in Detroit with my buddies at the whiskey yeah. bar when, when for uh, Sternad's wedding uh, rehearsal. Um, so I leave lunch and I start walking around and things just started to click. Everything, everything happened in the sequence, um, you know, wanting the rain to go away and the sun to come out. As soon as I had the thought and, you know, was like got to end soon and then all of a sudden I go into a store and come out and sunny mm. um Saturday was for me a different day because I was able to take that book and and just surrender and, and experiment with it myself yeah and when I did it, I was so happy on Saturday when I got back to the cabin I was going down Blue Ridge to like a few hours but I didn't feel it was time to go home until and, and, and or go back to the cabin until um, I went to Margot's. That's the Polish place. So I walked in and she was busy. So I came back for dinner. I just grabbed it to go because I was going to eat it back in the cabin. Because um, one of my, my patients was telling me that they have like this authentic Polish food. So so my grandfather was Polish and my grandmother is U- Ukraine. So like the food in our our house was so culturally different. A lot of my friends are like, that's kind of weird. Um, mm-hmm. but now it's the hit me cool thing. Uh, so anyways, I find that she's got like stuffed cabbage and she makes borscht and all this stuff. And I'm talking to her and she's like, there's like three people in the restaurant and I'm like glowing about this. Mm-hmm. I'm like, thank you. And she's like, for what? I said, this is the food that I was expecting to eat. Um, because I just found out the Ukraine Christmas is in a couple days. So I want to take some extra. She goes, oh, I'll give you extra pierogies and extra. Or she's like, just take it with you. And I was like, really? She's like, yeah. She doesn't give free food away. She just, she was very, uh, she's very, very generous that day. I wanted to think of and start getting free food from her. Um, and I went home and ate it and it was amazing. And it was like my grandmother had cooked it. Um, which was another really cool experience because food was always big in our household. My grandmother made the best borscht and which is cabbage soup. If you're listening, it's uh, it's beaten uh, cabbage and root vegetables. Cause that's all they could afford in Russia or Ukraine. Um, and nobody makes it. 
I've only I've only known like three people in my life that make it, and Margot makes it. It's good. And it's really good. Um, it's worth the drive, honestly. Like I feel like that's my new comfort experience because mm -hmm. I can go and have some food there. Mm -hmm. I can go and have a cabin experience. Um, I'm going to do it annually as a retreat. Um, I kind of like the idea of it. It's uh, definitely growing on me. So sitting in the cabin with no overstimulation yeah. allowed me to really get connected. Yeah. So what I'm excited about is 2020 and uh, the ability to have this kind of fresh look mm -hmm. on the year in a different way mm -hmm. in a decade of like, I'm excited for what's next. Yeah. Like I, I don't know because in the last 10 years, life kicked ass. And in the moment there was pain, there was struggle. But when I look at it as a decade, I'm like, holy crap. If you told me I'm moving my office 10 years ago and opening a wellness center, I'd have thought you're crazy. Yeah. In the book, this dude is going through some crazy life growth that is only possible because he was present enough to surrender to what was in front of him. Yeah. It was like literally the, the minute you stop your own agenda, yeah. which is why I was going to go up there. The first place was to set my agenda, my goals. I read that book Friday. I didn't set any goals this year. Yeah. Cause I know what I want in my heart is to help more people, get more people educated about not using medications. Um, hopefully save and change some lives with people not being depressed. Cause it's starting to get really, really like when Robin Williams died, um, he was one of my big role models. I was heartbroken. Yeah. I'm like, the, I can't even look at comics the same anymore because he's he's the funniest guy on the planet and he's depressed and oh, wants to kill himself. And there's so many who have, Chris Farley. Oh, yeah. I mean, oh, yeah. He, um, his was a little different because it was self-medication and I don't know but how. But why? I mean, that's with, a lot of times comedians are, I think, masking the deep, deep hurt and pain that they have. I, I think that I think the thing is that it's not about having an agenda and a plan because that's the ego. That's that part that your coach tells you, you need to figure this out. You need to make this happen. I think when you are being true to your authentic essence, your soul's inner voice, you're listening to what fires you up internally, that's your purpose. Mm -hmm. If you're living from that deep place of purpose, then it, things are going to naturally unfold and what you want in life will become what is reality because you're living from that true place. I mean, it's crazy for me to bring a Bible verse in, but I'm going to delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. And to me, that means if you're living in your soul, if your purpose is to evolve who you are as an entity, not as this ego in control of life, that the passions and the purpose that you have in this existence will be what comes up automatically in your heart as your desire. And that will unfold because you're living from that true place and not from what your parents tell you you should be, your teacher tells you you should be, your school, your society, your community, your significant other, your child, your father, anyone. It's what does your soul, your heart, you mentioned earlier to me, I don't think you said it in here, that at one point when you were reading, you felt like heat coming from your heart, from your heart chakra. Yeah. That to me is where the seat of our soul is. Is it, it sits in that place physically in our body. And so when that's opening, I mean, you can feel the expansion if you're present to it.
It's yeah. about slowing down enough to being present and becoming sensitive to the nuances of what's happening energetically. And it is something you have to give time and space to. You've learned how to touch people with your fingertips and feel what's happening in their body. Mm -hmm. That did not happen overnight. That was an over and over and over and millions probably of touches that you've done over time to, to find that, to develop that skill. Mm -hmm. And it's the same way. You have to learn how to just quiet and quiet. And it's why meditation is a practice and it's not easy and it takes time. And it, sometimes you get to the place where you're like, what the, why am I even doing this? What's the point? How is this helping me? It's helping you because it's teaching you over time to just quiet and trust so and settle and ground. In, in the book, the reason this is so important to understand is because the only way he was able to advance in life is when he could quiet his mind under stressful situations that required a lot of control and focus. Whereas sometimes we overanalyze and, and we want a future pace. If I make this decision, this is what's going to happen. Almost like you're, you're in control of it. Mm -hmm. If I do this, then this is going to happen. And that's a false sense of control. You, you know what I mean? Like, it's a um, whole so this is another series of, of cool events is um, the rain hindered uh, my trip in a sense, took delay. It also knocked the power out Saturday morning. So Saturday morning, it's cold in the, in the cabin now. Uh, and there's no power. There's nothing, which immediately shut down all of my senses. Mm. I couldn't see except what natural light was out there. Um, nothing was making any noise. I was in the mountains, so it was complete stillness. Mm. And I said, well, I guess this is the end of my trip because it's going to get cold in here and it could take days. I don't know. I mean, the, the tree limbs, the lights, there's gale force winds. When I say that, there was branches that were large around the property. The lights, literally the stringed up lights blew like across the yard. Um, I, I stood outside during the storm at night and this is uh, Friday night, mm. I almost blew over. Like I, I ran back inside because I, I was like, there's a tornado coming. Like it's crazy windy up here. Like it was like scary, scary winds. So Saturday morning when the power goes up, I thought, hey, we're done. You know, it's going to take. It's out for the weekend. Yeah. I might as well just go home. Trip's over. It was fun. I, I got what I wanted out of the weekend. And then the lights went back on. And I, as soon as I had the thought of I should go home, I had to just surrender and I said, I guess I'm going to town. And and that's when those series of events had happened and, and not to sound, you know, like I'm a broken record, but the, the weekend that I had was so impactful for me because I just stopped what I would normally do and, and worry about where things were going, how yeah. they were going to end up. I didn't plan anything other than I was going to drive to this destination I'd never been to and go out Saturday all by myself in town and, and just start meeting people and, and these random conversations that came up. Um, a book, which you told me about last year, which I brought with me to read. Anytime I brought something up, anytime I said something, something presented itself. Yeah. Anything. Confirmation. Yeah, well, that's exactly what it was. Because on Friday, I was like, there's no freaking way that if I just let go of my life, that huh. good 
what's going to happen because I'm a control freak. And all of a sudden, I do it Saturday morning for the whole day. Still doing it today. It's just let's see where the day takes me. Everything happened for a reason. It, I just stopped in the moment and listened to what was being asked of me. And I just said yes. Yep. Go. So I did. Open your mouth. Start talking about this. Turns out we know people, you know, two and a half hours away or whatever it was for if it's raining. Um, that actually live in my town that know me, you know, and now I'm meeting people that have these. I, I bought some uh, shoes. The lady's all by herself. She's like, just like you can tell she's depressed. She's like, just you sell shoes in Blue Ridge. I mean, and it's the end of the season. She's like, I'm so ready to go. So I just started to have a conversation with her. So she starts like giggling and laughing and like having a good time. And then I was like, I really want to try these shoes on. And she's like, well, I, I think we have those. So I tried them on and uh, I've never owned a pair of campers. So I bought some, um, they're like outdoor kind of really cool shoes, walking shoes. And so she's like, I don't know what price these are. I'll just, I'll just charge you this. And I was like, <laughs> I was like, you're not getting fired over me. I'm not worth it. She's like, no, 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 I'll just, I'll just override it. And I'll just put this price. And I was like, thank you. She charged me like $70. I, I've, I've seen them retail. These are like almost like boots. They're probably 200 and some dollar shoes. She sold them to me for like for 120 bucks. Wow. She's like, can we just call it 120? And I was like, that's what the Johnson Murphy's we cost. Call it. <laughs> I, she tried to look up the price. The price couldn't be found. Wow. And I'm, I love these, these, these boots. I was like, I, she's like, she even was like, wow, those look good. She's like, buy those. And I was like, okay, cool. Cause sometimes you're like, you just need that little laugh. When you try three pairs of shoes on, you know, it's like, if somebody tells you this one and you like them all, it's like, okay, cool. Yeah. So, um, everything this weekend went that direction and I'm really excited for this year for not just myself and, and, and for both of us, but you know, for the listeners, because I think if you can have an open mind this year, you have that, that blank page. And I don't want to contradict last year uh, with setting goals. I, I still think it's important to know what you want in life. Um, and I still think it's important to write stuff down. I journaled this weekend. I don't want to sound like if I thought I had to have every step planned out versus I know the direction. Right. Let's, let's say I'm going to Blue Ridge. There's a couple different ways I could have taken, but I know it's yeah. North. Just start heading North. You'll get there. Yep. And I feel like, you know, when we start to do things um, with an open mind and you start to see opportunities, you have to take them. You know, when people offer, um, this is one that came up over the, the holidays when I was moving. Um, my little book of things to think about each day, it says never say no to an outstretched hand. Mm. So three people or there's a few people that had offered um, to help with the move. And I said yes to one of them because I had two guys that I knew were going to show up. Well, one of them didn't show because he got the dates mixed up, which we randomly ran into at dinner, which was, holy cow, um, another serendipitous event. Right. We were just talking about how he, sh he shafted me and not showing up, and then he shows up where we're eating sushi, and all of a sudden, there's Mike. And I was like, and, and, and it's funny, you saw the event. You saw how it went down. It went from. He said something to you before you did to him. He's like, tomorrow, right? Moving day, tomorrow, I'm all set. My kids are gone. Like, I'm ready. And yeah, and then he got, he almost got pissed that I said yeah. it's. It was today. It and so that situation was completely before this weekend, but I had asked Brian um, to come out and volunteer and he said, yes. And he was a 
total workhorse. I mean, I want to thank uh, thank Brian for that, um, Sergeant Sergeant Major. Uh, he'll be listening to this, I'm sure. They were listening to one of our podcasts uh, on a family trip. I was like, really? That's so that's so kind. And Ben, um, and Ben. Um, and yeah, Ben was uh, a real friend. It's it's so funny. Seven years, or I think it was like eight years ago. I've been working out at Atlanta Fitness. I think it was seven. And I was just getting bored, and I was like, I I, I get in like these these stupid routines, and I just like. I get bored with with things in in different ways. So I was trying to keep my life different and dynamic and, and moving. Um, so I meet this guy. He walks in and he's got like a faux hawk. I think at the time he looked like a total jackass, <laughs> but he was in the best shape of his life, um, according to what I'd ever seen. And I was like, this dude's like just ripped. So I ask, uh, you you get one free like training session. I hadn't used it yet because I'm like these. These freaking trainers over here at One Life are chumps. Like, the, at that time, like they were like not even healthy or fit. I'm like, I'm asking them for advice. Mm-hmm. So, I hire Ben. Ben and I have been friends ever since. And and it's funny. I think if you want to test your friendship with anybody, um, ask him to do something when you move uh, and see what happens. <laughs> I am definitely on board with that. Yeah, it's totally true. You know who your true friends so, are. So yeah, you absolutely. And having both, both of us have probably moved. Times. <laughs> I've moved a dozen times in my life, grad school and college in I've Detroit. Moved about four dozen. <laughs> uprooted to LA, California, back. Um, so, anyways, I meet this guy seven years ago. We worked out probably on a monthly or weekly basis ever since, um, and he's become a good friend of mine. And lo and behold, when it's time to move, who shows up? You know, and uh, sometimes you don't know why people are in your life uh, in the moment. It takes time before you learn and experience why they're in your life. Um, maybe it's a pivot point. You know, maybe it's somebody that you meet that changes your direction. Uh, short or long term, you know, yeah. long term could be the case, could be short term for some people. Um, but the reality is, I, I feel like going into 2020 with an open mind of if you meet people, uh, if you have experiences, try new things. Um, and let go a little bit more, you'll be surprised to see how less stress you'll have. And part of the podcast is strategies and and techniques to improve your health. And I think if we've talked about this, how stress is like the number one killer of everybody, because it's the, what leads to any health problem. Um, I feel zero to little stress when I was up at the cabin and it was an opportunity for me to let go and, and my body was able to heal. Uh, and I actually felt at a lot of the weekend, like I could just feel my body rejuvenating. Yeah. Like when I wake up from sleep, I'm like, whew, I haven't felt like that in a long time. You know, just like that refreshing, relaxed. I think I had my heart rate down to like 50 beats a minute. It was super relaxed. It was just, uh, I can't even, uh, stress to you. Vacation is a necessity, not a luxury. It doesn't have to cost a lot. I got away to the cabin for the weekend for getting away a few hundred bucks or whatever it costs. Um, but yeah, just getting away and unplugging and I can't just be shutting your TV off or, you know, reading a book or, you know, doing something relaxing at home, which is good. I mean, hey, take, yeah, take a great. breath, but you have to disconnect. You have to disconnect from your existence to, to really get a different perspective. And you've said in the last few sentences, letting go a number of times. And so I just want to, give the little metaphor that I've shared with you before um, from a book that I read. And I'm sorry that I don't remember who the author is, 
but talking about pain specifically and he gives the this is a, it's a it's a book on dying and um really just preparing yourself for that whole process and he <clears throat> is talking about pain and he represents it as a shard of glass and that when we start to feel pain we start to like contract around it and like you know your stomach starts to ache you like sort of bend over and you tighten everything up and you do everything you can to try to um, create some boundary or resistance to what you're feeling and the and the more you think about it and the more you contract around it the more that pain comes and he says it's pain is like a shard of glass in your hand and the more you tighten your hand around it the more it's cutting the more pain comes the more you're bleeding if you can let go and open and allow it's not comfortable you don't desire that pain but if you can open the space around it then it lessens the intensity because you're not contracting around it intensifying that pain and i think that's true for physical pain certainly but for mental emotional spiritual pain also it's that thing where we decide that we know what's best for us and we contract around it and we try to control it and everything becomes this like effort and this, for me, contraction is the right word for it. It just feels like this tightness around everything as opposed to letting go. And when you let go and you feel more, more grounded and more expansive and more open and more receptive and all of this grace and all of this blessing and all of this flow can come in. It can't come in when you're choking it off. Yeah, I agree. You know, and... <clears throat> So much can happen in such a short amount of time. Yeah. I, I think it's important to understand you can change at any moment. A any moment could be your your pivot point. Yeah. It, it doesn't have to be years from now. It doesn't have to take 41 years to realize it. It's happening every time you meet somebody, every time you go somewhere, every time somebody's introduced to you. Um, that's why I brought up Ben. Seven years ago, I never would have thought he'd help me move my office. Mm -hmm. Number one guy to show up. Yeah. It's longer than that, oh, seven years ago. Um, you know, the chance that I walked into local provisions so that Laura's like, hey, I was this naturopath you need to talk to. And, and you know, you, you want to open a wellness center. And then you tell me about a book that I buy and I put on a shelf for, you know, I read a couple of pages of it. I was like, this is a really cool book. I just, for me to get involved in a book, I, I need free time. Yeah. And I have none. Yeah. Like I run a business. I'm, I'm busy. I, you know, I do a lot of other uh, activities outside uh outside the office and i'm like i i two things i think i mentioned that i want to do uh i want to be in nature more and i want to read more so i thought hmm, i'm going to cabin in nature <laughs> i was bring a book um turns out that book's a different kind of book that i was expecting yeah. because i honestly didn't know that it would be so life-changing yeah and you know i i think when you mentioned that's the number one book that changed your life i kind of I didn't really have high expect. I mean, I did have high expectations, but I'm like, I, I mean, I, not that your life's I, that great. <laughs> I, well, you, you are a very, we, your, your views were very non-traditional for me. So, and, and, and I say that because I'm so used to black and white. That's it. You yeah. know, and, and I, my dad was an engineer and, you know, and it was Same. like, it was very, uh, mechanistic. And, right and, and wrong, black and white. Yeah. And, and, I want to touch on this because you mentioned spirit and then they mentioned it in the book. And if you don't use the word Holy spirit and you just say spirit, people take that the wrong way. Mm. 
but a spirit is a spirit. Yeah. Um, Divine spirit. Having faith mm -hmm. is something that you believe in that's unseen. Yeah. So I think, and I kind of touched on this book, what we're talking about today is the kind of major premise of religion. You don't see God, but you know he's there and you believe that he's leading you in the right direction. Or you say, you know what, I can go and do this thing called surrender to life. And I say, you're surrendering to whatever that entity is, whoever that person or that image in your mind, you would still do the same thing. If, if you're going to join the Christian church, you, you accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. I think there's a difference between spirituality and religiosity. And I think that you can have, they can be sure. in, in, intertwined Absolutely. and they can also be separate. And religion is the, the dogma and the rules and the regulations around a belief system. That particular belief system is in, designed to help you have a relationship, a spirituality with God or the divine, or again, whatever that religion defines it as. So I think that you can have religion without spirituality, where it's just following the rules and the regulations, just like you're following the societal rules and regulations, but in the context of it being a spiritual thing, you can have spirituality without religion, where you're just purely in that energy and you have your own connection. And then you can have a combination of the two. Um, but I personally think religion without spirituality is really just another political or organizational attempt at control. Okay, I've gone to church most of my life. Yeah. What happened to me this weekend? Yeah. I was more connected with God than ever. Yeah. Because you had a spiritual experience. I had a spiritual experience, yeah. but I feel like, and I, and, I, and I feel really open to say this, and led to say this, I feel like I met God this weekend. Mm -hmm. In a sense, he showed me my life, mm -hmm. and he... In a sense, she, God, whatever entity you want to make it, because it's 2020, they, I think you call them. It's I, all the energies, yeah. I, and feminine. I was shown my life from a bird's eye view and what I couldn't see. That's when my heart got warm. Mm. The, the part that I didn't know yet, it, there was a warmth that it was like a, I got this. Your life's going to be amazing. A and peace. Is it a peace? It was a peace. It was a peacefulness mm. and a stillness that... I had no worry, no anxiety. Things would come up like in my life that I maybe have personally going on right now. And like, what about that? And then all of a sudden it was like, just chill out. Mm -hmm. I, it's going to work I out. Everything's going to happen. When it, and when I did, then Saturday was the gift. Yeah. And I think Saturday was my gift from God. Mm -hmm. It was a perfect day that nothing could have, nothing went wrong. Everything went right. Yeah. And a single day for me is freaking unheard of. Yeah. For not a single problem to show up in my life. I'm like, wait, what? And I literally was in the right place at the right time just because I listened to that voice. Yeah. Um, and that voice was just, just go here. Yeah, leading you. Just You just follow what you intuitively felt like you should do. I should step in this store. I should go into this restaurant. I should I should do this. I should do that. It's not a should. And I shouldn't say. It's that you just feel drawn to that. So or, you just follow what you're feeling drawn towards. Or when things come up multiple times. Yes. When you start seeing patterns yeah. in behaviors or people or or words or whatever it is, my new office logo color showed up at four art uh, galleries. I mean, literally, I pulled out my card and I was like, that's the exact color. Mm -hmm. And I, I just felt led into those places that I shared one of the stories with you that um, I introduced myself after this lady started speaking French. I'm like, what the hell? <laughs> Blue Ridge, Georgia, she's fluent 
French. It's a beautiful language too, but so we're talking about her sister and her sister's a yogi and she makes these meditation cards. And so premise of the book is to quiet your mind through meditation. Um, and, and I was interested in it and something I've been thinking about, even, even asking you like, Hey, can you teach me? I don't know. I can't shut my brain off. I need yeah. to figure it out because it's yeah. driving me crazy. Yeah. Uh, I read this book and then all of a sudden the next day, this lady who actually teaches meditation made these do it yourself cards with different things that have to do with, with meditation. Yeah. I haven't looked at it yet. Um, as I'm talking about this book. Yeah. So I'm in Blue Ridge, Georgia, describing a book to a complete stranger yeah. and I'm learning to be present and I end up buying the cards because it's going to teach me how to meditate. And, um, I also looked over and there was something that you had been speaking about, which is the word joy. It happened to be on this feather thing. And I was like, crazy. I guess I got to buy it because I mean, like I'm literally talking and yeah. I looked down and, and, and there were next to each other, the cards yeah. and yeah. that. Yeah. So the sister made the cards and she made that, that feather. Amazing. I mean, yeah. it, it's one of those, points in your life where you have to stop and just my heart is so thankful for for all the gifts yeah, because gratitude. deep gratitude thank you deep gratitude um and i feel like that's an important thing to feel in life i totally think that when you're feeling gratitude it is a clear representation that your heart is opening there's a difference between being thankful. Thankful is, again, out of duty. They did this for me. I need to thank them. Gratitude, to me, is a sense of it's it's welling up from internally. Like, I don't deserve these gifts, whatever they are. Whether I mean, I've had those moments in my life where I'm just standing in front of a fireplace, looking at my animals, feeling such deep gratitude that, like, I have these beings that unconditionally love me that I have a, a warm place that I feel like is comfortable for me and home for me and represents me. It's, it's different between being thankful for something that someone did for you or that you have and having that sense of gratitude. I feel like it's more of a cellular, it comes up from the heart and I think it opens the heart. <laughs> so the idea that I just had was when when you let go and when you see the things that are happening um, as they should, we should have gratitude for every part of it. Yeah. I yeah. exactly. So so the pain, physical, yeah. emotional of my shoulder dislocating was was the most extreme pain I've ever been through. In the moment, I cursed it. I I used so many f bombs. By the time I had to, I was I was in the woods, um, a mile and a half. My shoulder dislocates after I, I I came off my bike and hit a tree. I had to carry my bike was trashed. Like it, I couldn't even ride it. I had to carry my bike on my shoulder, the other shoulder, not my bad shoulder. While I walked out of the woods to my car, drove thir 25 minutes home. My shoulder, every bump was dislocating further. And I was like, oh my, I'm like trashing it. Trying oh. to... So I get home and then I get my mom's attention. She's like, holy, shit, we got to take you to the hospital. Because when you've ever seen the sulcus side, your arm is basically like a, a three inches there. longer. It's like yeah. hanging there by yeah. a thread. So anyways, um, I thought in that moment, I don't ever want to feel this pain again. And 41 now, 
I am so thankful for that problem mm. that I saw was a problem because it mm. led to a point in my life where I'm now here, literally eating some of the best food that I've ever eaten in, in a Persian restaurant in Marietta that was next to my university um, that a friend of mine introduced me to. And I walked in there, it was like a dump. And I was like, I am not eating this shit, dude. There's no way I'm eating this place. He's like, just wait for the food. It's gonna be some of the best falafel you've ever had. And I was like, ah, all right. I had the weekend that I had probably the biggest amount of joy in my life in years where I was actually able to just kind of realize everything's unfolding as it is. And, you know, to be able to let go of being like, what is next? I don't know. I don't care, but I'm, I'm really anxious um, because I know it's the right thing. Yeah. Everything is the right thing. Yeah. If I stub my toe, it happened for a reason. Yep. If I had a stress fracture and my foot, there was a reason and I cursed it at the time, but it opened new doors for me. It slowed me down. And if you could remind yourself that that's the true perspective, you can't always see it from that perspective, but eventually you will see the big picture and realize why that happened. Why did I lose my job a year ago? And why am I back here again in the exact same place, only working part-time, not making as much money? And why, why did I have to move across the country? to then come right back here again. I still don't understand it, but I have no doubt that one day I will and that this is all part of the unfolding. Mm -hmm. And I have mm -hmm. to just trust that. Yeah. And in those moments where I have felt like I'm not myself, I'm not grounded, I don't, where's my joy, where's my purpose? I just feel completely lost. And then there's just glimpses of the joy of the purpose that starts to arise. And then I realize like it's here. It's always been here. I can't see it right now because I'm in the mire of something that's strengthening me or purifying me or helping to produce a circumstance that I need. But eventually I'll be able to look at this and know it, that's exactly why that happened. And that's how my soul reached its fullest expression, which I think is our true purpose. Here. Yeah, I mean, if, if a 40 year career is your sole purpose for being here in life, good luck. Yeah, you know what I mean? Like if, if, that if, gone, if, owning, if owning a 4,000 square foot house and sacrifices, you know, everything you have in your life to get that. Um, you know, I, I look back at my life and, and I was focused more on tangible things yeah. for so many years. And, and it's not always a you know, bigger house or a nicer car, um, but it was always something. It was, it was a thing I was attached to. It was like, ooh, if I could buy that really expensive watch, you know, I wanted an Omega watch forever. They're like, I don't know, they, they're expensive. Yeah. And I was like, am I going to be as happy with that purchase? Yeah. Or if I spent a few hundred dollars, went to the mountains and read a book, yeah. I thought you're crazy. <laughs> no way, that new, that new watch would make me so much happier. Drive four hours in the rain to go to a cabin by yourself and, and you're gonna come away I, I literally, I, I, I never left. Yeah. That old me is still there mm -hmm. in some entity. Mm -hmm. So that's why I'm a little cautious to go back there again um, because I left some energy there. And I say that because I feel like I, I, it shed. Mm. Like I was like, oh, yeah. get away from me. Like almost yeah. like you, you kind of take your, your shirt off or you're, you know, like at the end of the day, you're like, that's dirty. You know, throw yeah. a hamper, you know? <laughs> um, but I say that because I'm never going to look at life the same. Good. 
Nor should you. It, it is not only so good, it is so exciting. It, it's it's going over to that, that uh, campfire I had and just throwing a bunch of kerosene on it and make that thing just light up. I mean, it's literally the way I feel um, in, in these podcasts, just trying to keep that energy and enthusiasm for you guys, because I'm going to be honest, I'm only human just like you. And, and life's not always a bunch of freaking roses. Um, I, go through a lot <laughs> of sh- I go through a lot of shit like you guys do too. Uh, I just do the best job of hiding it. Um, but now I know there's no reason to hide the, your path is your path and there's going to be ups and downs. So with that, you know, I definitely want those listening to, you take the goods with the bads. Um, I got a tattoo a few years ago. Um, it is a saying from Bob Marley, three little birds, every little thing going to be all right. And that to me, honestly is where I felt it's over my heart. And I felt that was where the warmth was coming from because I kept focusing on that. I was like, I'm reading this book and basically the general premise is everything's going to be all right. And I just tattooed that on my body. Um, and that's where I feel like love and I love I posted this on Facebook I mean one of my biggest life influences is Bob Marley when I was 16 there we go a friend of mine we're sitting in his Buick Regal in 1982 84 it was green Tony Tony pops in he goes listen to this and I was like I freaking love this man what who is this he said that's Bob Marley I was like let's go to the store I'm buying like every cassette he owns or they sell and I'm like we're gonna listen to all day and he's like, yeah, man. So that was when I was 15. I was 38, 39 when I got this tattoo because of that experience in life. That was recent. Yeah. Very recent you got that tattoo. Yeah, two two years ago. Um, there, was a, there, was a, there was a few reasons behind that tattoo, but, you know, it was just a reminder of telling yourself every day that everything's going to be all right. And then over time this is still present because i see it every day in the mirror when i'm getting when i'm getting dressed but i'm losing focus of what i why i got it mm-hmm. i started to worry again mm-hmm. i started to uh, have doubts about future and then all of a sudden i read a book that is the same message but extremely loud like god was in a bullhorn like i got this don't worry everything's happening as it should and you can't control it any more than you think you can. And I think as soon as you can let go of that exact yeah. thought. Yeah. Just even believing that you actually have the power because you don't. You really can't change very much about your life. It's going to happen if it's going to happen. You can change nuances, small little things. You can buy new appliances. But <laughs> if you think that you're going to be the next whatever in, in your career or, you know, um, just random people you think you're going to meet that change your life it, it, you don't know No, I, I meet people every single day and I apologize if I don't remember somebody's name but I always remember them like I know you mm-hmm. how do you know me? I, I just know your face I know we've met and I'm usually right but sometimes you don't know in the moment why that happens well can I just say one other thing too because I think this is also important you say whatever you want I think that we really get caught up a lot in how we appear to other people Mm. and what we should or shouldn't say or do or be. 
And I know I've had some of my own personal experiences, even just in the last week, where I've really been reminded at how easy it is for me to start a, start to sort of alter who I am because I think it makes someone else uncomfortable mm. or it's not quite what they want me to be. Mm -hmm. And the reality is when you and I had our first conversation in March on the telephone, I was 100% authentic with who I was. I told you exactly how I felt about me, my life, my future. And the one thing that I told, mentioned to you on that conversation was about this book, The Surrender Experiment, and how impactful it was for me and how it's changed my life. And I read it years ago. If I had thought to myself in my ego mind, oh, but that's kind of a woo-woo book. And what if I say this and I don't know this guy and what is he going to think? And, you know, there's maybe this potential that I could work in his practice. And what if I'm like on the deep end, if I, no, I just was who I was and I was authentic and I expressed it and that was the end of it. And I never thought about it again. And I walked into your apartment for the first time and I see the book sitting on your nightstand or on your, uh, next to your couch but I had no idea you hadn't read it or really much read it. And then here you have read it now. Like point being, just be authentic to who you are because you would never know what that authenticity is gonna help elicit or shine on someone else and, and their need in that moment for their soul's authenticity. In the book, there's a reference to the brother-in-law that I made uh, mm -hmm. earlier. It's mm -hmm. the basis for Robin Sharma in The Monk Who Sold His Ferrari. In the moment that Michael was being authentic about the voices with this like high level attorney, like like power suit, owns a Ferrari, yeah. like really wealthy person. And they're having an awkward conversation because Michael's kind of a little more on the hippie side oh, in the 70s. Sure. He lived in a Volkswagen, fucking lived on like a Total plot of land. Let's be but real. I won't yeah. tell too much of the story. Um, Total hippie. We love But hippie. that exact conversation with the brother-in-law at that day when he made up in his mind he was going to be authentic, he then runs into the brother-in-law years later, and that was a pivotal point for the attorney yeah. to decide the same thing, sold his Ferrari, went off to Tibet, and learned to study and, and be with these people. Um but where we're going is the only time that I feel that I'm on purpose is when I'm being authentic. Mm -hmm. I was in the last few years of my practice trying to emulate, I don't want to say somebody else, but somebody else's concept and idea. Yeah. And it's the same thing I've been talking about from this weekend is I thought I was in control. I'm going to do this system and this is the way it's going to work. And these are the numbers we're going to be able to spit out and blah, blah, blah. And it was like so forced, but the last week of my practice of last year before we moved, I was celebrating so much every moment with every patient. Yeah. I, I was having such gratitude for people that were with me, that were that were helping me, that were supporting me, that were it didn't matter. I was just, I had this this in my heart, I was giving what I was here to do. And I had the best week I've ever had. And I'm not just talking about like, it was the busiest. It was the most fun. I, I think collections wise, I don't, I didn't see the numbers yet, but I mean, we kicked ass. It, it was for me being me. Yeah. I, be true to yourself and you will never fall. That's the Beastie Boys quote I used in our first podcast. 
uh, we're going full circle this <laughs> happy, happy new year the reality is though with this year's podcast we're gonna get a little funky a little fresh we're gonna have some fun um, I'm gonna bring some of the same guest speakers on um, I think Ken is my favorite because we one enjoy our conversation but two uh, our most popular download is is uh, our conversation so I'm kind of listening to you guys too um, if you like something or want to head in direction just just hit me a message uh, let me know what you what you want to hear more of yeah that's a good idea because I think that this should be driven by others not just myself but today I felt led um, to do this I, I I think when we talked last week about what to do and I was like I got it this is it, but I didn't know. You hadn't even read the book yet. I hadn't read the book, no, but I kind of knew what direction I wanted to go, go until I read the book and now I knew I had a direction. Yeah. Um, I, I honestly was like, if the power was out yesterday, I was gonna come back and we were gonna do a podcast like last night, but then I needed to have the perfect day. Yeah. And that fuel was, <sighs> I'm at a loss of words people and I've rarely come to that conclusion. Um, Congratulations. Yeah, I, I, I feel like I won an award of all awards of God showing what life is about. Yeah. And when you understand you're here to live yeah. and not just earn a paycheck yeah. and not just pay the power and utility companies, I think you start to realize that life is fun and you won't be as sad and depressed. Um, I've had a lot of people, I mentioned that a couple of times in this podcast, but I've had a lot of people and in, in, in my experience in my life that have been very, very worrisome yeah. because I know where they're, where they're heading. And yeah. I think they're holding on to the past. So if they're listening, that's pretty, um, pretty much uh, uh, one of those things I mentioned earlier. Listen, you know what I mean? If, if you've heard me talk about multiple things in podcasts that have caught your attention, there's obviously a reason that you need to fix it or change it or, or, or improve it or do what you got to do. Um, scratch it out just like a dog I think this year is going to be a great year health wise um, when we open our wellness center that's going to be something that's going to change the community um, and I'm not doing that for selfish reasons it's like to, to say I did it um, I just genuinely feel that's what I'm led to do and create so I'm really excited to share that with you guys we're hoping to be done with the project by about uh, June ish um, as of learning construction, the ish is very important because nothing's exact, especially when you're doing build outs and you run into problems and things like that. So that said, thank you all for listening. Have an awesome year. Um, hope this is something that uh, you got a lot out of. I really appreciate surrender. it. I agree. I, I think we all need to let go and surrender to what's ahead because it, it you think you're in control, but you're not, you know, and, and that's something that, I feel like having the weekend I did um, was timing just in my life, everything that's, that's been going on. And um, you know, I, I feel like being open on these podcasts too should be something that uh, y'all appreciate and, and respect too, because um, I, I learned firsthand through my own life. And if I learned something, I want to share it with you. Um, I feel like at some point I want to become a teacher, you know what I mean? Like I, 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 and I think that was even part of the character in the book. I mean, like teaching was something, but then it was like, no, 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 no. That's what you want to do. Mm -hmm. But maybe you're going to own a, a large corporation. Yeah. Or maybe you're going to build homes. Yeah. Or you're going to learn to 
I don't know. Um, you know, I think I'm building a wellness center in this next year, but I don't know how big that's going to be yeah. in the long run of my life. I feel like that's a pivot point, but I don't think that's it. Like, I yeah. feel like that's going to be one I'm like, oh, that's why I did that. Yeah. That allowed this to happen, allowed Absolutely. this to happen and, and, and so on. And through a series of conversations I'll have in my 70s and 80s going, oh, that's why that happened. Oh, I see. It's about seeing what's right in front of you, present moment living, saying yes to the opportunity, following the flow, staying connected to your soul, and trusting that things are going to happen as they're meant to, and recognize that we really don't have that much control. And the sooner you can recognize it, the easier it eventually becomes to let go of that, and the smoother your life feels, even when you have the bumps. It's not that things that everything becomes like gumdrops and jujubes. <laughs> like, uh, like my Saturday, but... You know? But but it's not, you'll have those moments, but it is still a, an awareness and a recognition that even when things are, the shit is hitting the fucking fan. I said it the first time I've cursed on your podcast. Wow. Um, that there, they, there's a reason for it. And that one day I'm going to, I'm going to know why. And in the meantime, I'm just going to accept what's happening and I'm just going to go with the flow and I'm going to trust it. And I'm going to be able to look back on this and realize what I learned or what this catapulted or catalyzed in my life. You know, I, I honestly look forward to painful moments yeah. now because I know that they are going to create a pivot. Transformative. Yeah. And, and, and we talked about this, you know, about uh, heartbreak and, and letting go of, of heartbreak uh, in your life. And then all of a sudden there's this, 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 this openness to see opportunities and things that are in your life. And, and you, you, when you let go of something, something else replaces it yeah. and you get into a vacuum as some people in science would call it, you create space. Um, what was avoid. it? Yes. Avoid, but um, chicken soup for the soul. Yeah. I don't know what his name is. Uh, he, anyways, he was giving a speech to the incoming uh, chiropractic students and I was listening. And he said, if, if you ever want something in your life, you have to create a void. You have to create a vacuum. Yeah. You have to make space for it. Yeah. Um, and I feel like when we're constantly dumping on ourselves daily with the daily tasks, I left, drove to a void, to a space where I was able to freely think in, yeah. in almost from an engineering term, recalibrate. Yeah. If you want to get, you know, yeah. Engineering technical, technical stuff. Yeah. Um, and, and you won't be spiritual because that's, that's the wrong thing. Cause that's, it's not Jesus. Um, I'm not uh, being ugly, but I, I just feel like some people that go to church just to go to church, they're not spiritual people. That's what I meant. Yeah. There's religion, there's spirituality. You said it earlier. Um, in, in having gone to church regularly for most of my life, that, that, that weekend I just had was unlike any church service. Yeah. You had a true personal, intimate connection with the divine. Yeah. That's not church. It's like one-on-one. -on -one. Like it's not religious. We had, we hung out, I hung out with the divine this weekend yeah. at the cabin. It was pretty, totally. it was pretty amazing. It is pretty amazing. Um, 
And and I'm really. But that's the thing is that you have access to that anytime. That's where you have to recognize. That's what I feel like often religion comes in in their desire to control. And I'm not saying that religion's wrong or no, that people no, have no, a no. bad heart. Not by any means. But the the origination of religion was about control and was about having sort of power over and it's different when you're doing it through someone whether that's a priest or even just a church and when you're having your own personal intimate spiritual experience with the divine whatever you want to call it you can feel it you know it you felt it it was different you said it yeah I, that's what i, I wish for everyone yeah, to have exactly, that opportunity exactly. to have that experience and, and that's why this is, is such a long podcast because because every time we talk, it's a long time. Yes, <laughs> but we have good content, and, and obviously with the download numbers, it's oh what God. they want. Um, hey, tell your friends about this podcast, because <laughs> I want to make sure that like we go viral this year. And um, that's not ego. That's just because I, I really think, from what I learned this weekend, there's a lot of people that need to hear what we're talking about. And the origination of this podcast was. Literally, um, friends talking and, and, and regretting not recording a conversation. That's yeah. all it was. And so regardless of what you like and don't like, um, we're going to still put some content out there in different directions. And, and really, genuinely from my heart, uh, I'm thankful for you know the impact it's made so far because I, I feel like hitting nearly 1,000 downloads in, a, in like a half a year for me telling nobody about it except like friends and patients it's yeah. like that's pretty impressive yeah. um and then this year hopefully more countries um more people that uh share because that to me is really um the goal it, it's that my voice in kenna's voice or whoever's on the line um these conversations are in the present and they're happening, but now with technology, we can record them so you all can listen. Yeah. You can listen more than once. I've read, I've read listened to quite a few podcasts more than once because I've learned from some of the guests I've had, and I feel like it's kind of cool um, to learn and, and grow and all that fun stuff. So with that said, I think that's going to be it for this <laughs> long January recording, but it's the first one. I know you all have been missing us because we haven't been on for a minute, but um yeah, that's my story. I'm sticking to it. <laughs> I'll be good. Tell your friends. Stay out of trouble. Have a good year. Oh, and I will be with you when the darkest winter comes. Oh, and I will be with you to feel the California sun. Oh, and 